Like Fun is a craft beer and comedy podcast that offers a brief respite for women and men with real responsibilities. Featuring Greg, a tall, dark, everyman who knows what he likes, and Josh, Like Fun's resident beer quality expert. Together, our hosts take you on a journey of inebriated mirth so wondrous, it will feel as though you are having something like fun. Like Fun is not for kids. Unless those kids are from Wisconsin and accompanied by a legal guardian. If that's the case, come on, kids. Have a seat, throw one back, and listen up. Because life is too short not to like fun. And welcome. We've been waiting to drink. Uh, hello and welcome to Like Fun, the show uh, with two dudes. Is that the good? Is that a good tagline? That's a terrible tagline. <laughs> we were talking about taglines earlier, and we both the show, froze. The show with two dudes. Uh, the show that keeps it positive and talks about beer and beer related things and drinks beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, beer, beer on the brain. Beer on the brain. Um, That's not the tagline. <laughs> beer brain. Like fun. Fetal alcohol syndrome played out to its logical conclusion. <laughs> like fun. It's pronounced Illinois. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to pour pour some out for our homies. Yeah. So this uh, particular episode is going to be uh, pretty beer heavy. We got two or three really cool beers to try. We're not going to do um, full reviews on them, but we just wanted wow. to say, hey, assholes, look what we're drinking. <laughs> So we're starting off with one of the Noble Star collection. Yeah, there's a little tag on this guy. Yeah. From the uh, August Shell Brewing in beautiful Minnesota. And let's see here. It's the Harmony of Spheres, which is a, a Berliner Weiss that has uh, goose gooseberry, gooseberry fermentation or something like that. I could read what's on the tag in front of me, but that's... Nah. No fun. I'm not going to do my homework. Yeah, um, it's by Shells. Yeah. Uh, August. August Shell. <laughs> um, and it is wholly fragrant. It yeah. is very fragrant. Yeah. It's got, uh, you can tell that, you know, it's not uh, a full-on traditional wow. device. It's got a lot of um, uh, what you would call like wild character. Yeah. Um, oh, I love this. It is very nice. I was I was messing around with it uh, earlier. I was taking a photo of it, but I was putting it in front of a bright window, and uh, the sediment in there was mm-hmm. heavy. Yeah, uh, a lot of these beers they're selling them with the intention of, and we've we've talked about this once or twice previously with different uh, collections. But they're they're like you can you can keep this. You don't have to open it this year or next year. You can yeah. age it for a while. It would dry the fuck out because this is definitely there's some Brett mm-hmm. in there and maybe some PDO because you get. Some, like, funk. Not bad funk, but, like, um, more than most Berliners. Yeah. But it's still interesting and tasty. Yeah. Right now, how I would say it pours is just very drinkable. Mm-hmm. Not uh, not too sour. No. 
Uh, uh, lovely. I really like it. The, I, I think the wood aging is why it smells so much like wine. Because mm-hmm. um, God does it. It really, it smells like a, God, almost like a Chardonnay or it something. It does a little bit. Yeah. Is it a Chardonnay barrel? That's pretty it, well, uh, it is a cypress barrel. That's all. It's a lagering tank, a cypress lagering tank. So I have no idea is to answer your question. Yeah. I, <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if it's Chardonnay, but there, I think it is. Um, isn't Chardonnay the barrel where you can only make like one batch of wine in it and then it's got to go? Um, you know, and normally I like to pride myself on knowing stuff about wine, but I don't no know that one. about that. <laughs> so I do know that Alan Rickman pronounced it Chardonnay Ooh. in Bottle Shock. So <laughs> there you go. Very well. So R.I.P. Alan Rickman. That's who I poured one out for. Yeah. <laughs> friend of the show, Alan Rickman. Yeah. No, Snape. Really. <laughs> Just Snape. The Snape portion of him. I feel like hmm. Snape, if he liked beer, he'd be a beer schnob. He, that would be it. What do you think he drank? Did they, I'm, Honest, I never read the book. Yeah, I, so. I, I, I was deep into the books way back when. Yeah. And I would probably say he either didn't drink anything or he was like a Chardonnay man. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, sitting in his, uh, uh, his study. His with dank the, study. Yeah. With, <laughs> with a big goblet of, <laughs> oh, I just like it when it's buttery. <laughs> Spiced Chardonnay. That's Butter. not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we should do that. Hot, <laughs> hot spiced Chardonnay and cold duck. <laughs> Your choice. We'll have a wine tasting party and really unimpress our friends. I, oh man, I, yeah, I've been on a huge, huge wine kick and I recently came back to the beer um, and I'm finding this really happy medium right now and every uh, beer snob out there is going to roll their eyes super fucks hard when I am talking about the fact that I'm like now really starting to explore the bomber section, the special collections. Mm-hmm. I was uh, eyeing up a bottle of, of the Surly uh, Pentagram. Mm. Which came out again, but I didn't. I didn't pull the trigger on it. It's hitting at like eighteen bucks right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good. It's very good, and that's a big thing that I like about wine is the fact that you can stash it somewhere and enjoy it later. My wife and I, while we were out in Napa, bought several bottles uh, of. It was mostly Pinot Noir mm-hmm. where we were in the regions we were in, but we bought several bottles of Pinot Noir that were uh, uh, nine. Uh, excuse me. 2014 vintages, mm-hmm. which is, of course, the year we got married. Yeah. So we're going to store them, and every year on our anniversary, we're going to pull out a 2014. Oh, wow. uh, nice. And that's Pinot Noirs right now. That's the big wave. 2014 really is what you can find. Yeah. So so you plan on living for how many more cases of wine? Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's how long a marriage lasts. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. As long as we can have that 2014... She well, doesn't listen to the show, so she'll never hear that joke. And we'll drink the last one really fast. <laughs> and whoever makes it out of the room alive gets the house. <laughs> she was talking about this idea that uh, there are uh, there's this thing known as uh, the argument argument wine or something like that, okay. where you like uh, uh, a married couple. They get it as a gift, and if they realize that they're about to have their first argument as a married couple, instead of having the argument, they drink a bottle of wine. No, that's not going to work. I'm not (laughs) familiar. I had never heard of this before, and it sounds to me like a very flawed idea. It's like, okay... So this is this is where I keep the jug of gasoline in the event of my hurt first house fire. (laughs) I just pour that right on there. Honey, are these dishes (laughs) clean or dirty? Hold on a second. I need to go get drunk real quick. (laughs) 
Here it comes. Oh, my God. The sun is just pouring in here. You can close those I shades. I could pl- close the blinds. I am just getting roasted. It's cool. I got my I got my sweet ass yeah your, bro tank on your flesh tone bro tank. When he came in, I thought he had gotten like a crazy body tattoo. Yeah, and he just what, really wanted to show it off. That's what everyone at Firehouse Subs said to me <laughs> when I went there earlier. They were like, for a second, I thought you were the uh, illustrated man. Yeah, it's like no, it's just a fucking bro tank. It's awesome though. This is I got this from a website. I think it's called Soviet Visuals, mm-hmm. and this is a uh, a Stalinist pattern. Oh. That uh, essentially implies we're going to complete the five-year plan. Oh, in four in years? In four years. Very yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. So he killed more men than Hitler. He did. <laughs> anyway. All right. So uh, let's get the show started. Uh, we can cut all this. <laughs> so what's uh, what's good with you, Josh? Oh, boy. What's good with me? Do we introduce ourselves? Oh, yeah. I'm Josh. Hi, Josh. And I'm you Greg. Are. There we go. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah, new listeners. We we joke about getting those. Um, <laughs> quick, quick shout out. I guess that can be my my what's good is uh, the Twitter community. Yeah, because um, friendly acquaintance of the show. Never met him in real life. Chris Drosner, uh, aka the Beer Baron. <laughs> That's how it's pronounced, correct? Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. So do we have to call him Von Drosner? Yeah, if he's a Baron. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I've. I've, I've Played with the fact of having him over to one of our houses for uh, an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like how we're going to have Kathy Flanagan from the Journal Sentinel call in. Sure. It's, it just hasn't worked out thus far. But that would just be kind of a weird deal. You know what I mean? To have a total stranger. You want to come over and get drunk? What's weird about that? I did that with uh, <laughs> with some of my wife's friends last oh. night. I had never met them before and I got shellacked. Yeah, but neither of us know him. Anyway, um, but... Uh, shout out to uh, Chris Drosner, the Beer Baron, um, for the Cat Time slash Wisconsin State Journal. Oh boy! Gave us a little shout out and got us some exposure on the old Twitter sphere. He was very kind to us. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't think we put out a product of any quality. No, but <laughs> but hey, we we do it. You know, yeah, we do a shit. We do a fucking show. We do a thing. I I hadn't listened to the other show that he mentioned. Have you ever listened to the other show? Yeah, I dabbled. It a looked like bit. from the photograph, and I don't mean to insult the other show. It looked like a bunch of old guys. <laughs> yeah. um, it looked better. So um, when we first started the show, there was just uh, what, what's the opposite of a dearth? Uh, a plethora. Yeah, no, the first one. There was a dearth of uh, podcasts uh, based in the Midwest, just about beer. Yeah, and you had the word. Yeah, you just I got it right. Think you I just had the word. Right. Yeah. Um, there was a dearth of, of um, decent podcasts, and the, the one that I remember was, uh, gosh, it's based. It was based in Texas, and the guy who owns or owned Kegerator. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then a guy that sounded exactly like Kenneth from Thirty Rock <laughs> hosted it, <laughs> and the guy that that sounded like Kenneth actually knew a little bit about the industry and yeah. a little bit about beer and tasting. Um, but the other guy just plugged his weird keg. Uh, business is he refurbished yeah. corny kegs. All right. right, put a little pipe cleaner down there. Oh, we were talking about a brewery. What are you talking well, about? I- <laughs> for? Well, I, I mean, I, I own a partial stake in Soviet Visuals, so oh, okay. I'm going to bring it up five bring more times during yeah. the show. But yeah, all so of your decorative lampshade needs. I would, I would say, um, kudos to all of the um, podcasts out there that podcasts. are that are talking about, uh, especially Midwestern beer. I, you know, I don't know of any um, particularly bad ones, so I'm not going to 
cast shade. I'm just glad that there's. People. I don't. I I really believe in the power of a uh, invented beef yeah. to move to move move products. at least one party forward. Yeah. So I mean, that's I was uh, I was online the other day and I was excited because uh, Stone Sour. There's this uh, Corey Taylor mm-hmm. of Slipknot fame's side band or his actual at this point I think it's his it's main his main band. gig. Yeah. But uh, he got into a an online beef with uh fucking chad kroger from nickelback or some shit okay and he is from nickelback but i don't know what the beef was really about they were just like making fun of each other in not so nice terms and i remembered that Corey taylor had previously said a bunch of very inflammatory things when he was trying to sell a book that he had written and i was like wait a minute here Corey Taylor is again getting into some sort of famous uh, fight of you know slinging ink at each other yeah. with somebody. A new Stone Sour album is coming out, yeah. <laughs> and mm. and then I did a quick check, and lo and behold, a new Nickelback album was coming, out. coming out. So I know for a fact that they must have just texted each other yeah. and been like, "Hey man, yeah. we got to stir up some sales. We got some online <laughs> fuckery with me for a little bit. Really hurting. Really, really need that." That uh, that infinity pool, yeah, the new that, house, that sixth jet ski. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I would love to find a podcast that we could that, uh, just, that uh, we could beef with. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my uh, what's good, and you know, everybody who doesn't know about it, Wisconsin Beer Wednesday, um, hashtag Wisconsin Beer Wednesday, W I Beer Wednesday. Um, Where? Show everybody what you're drinking on Twitter. Oh, it's a oh, it's like a TV kind of a, yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. Um, and uh, it's kind of like a little neat community to get to see what's new, what people found, where they found it, that kind of thing. All right. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know about that. Look at that. Get that out. What's uh, what's good with Greg? Oh, these man. Days? That, that rock in that burp was pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, so, by the way, the carb on this particular beer is uh, excellent for a Berliner. Really, in, in reality... You shouldn't be getting Berliners out of cans, even though I do like the style. Mm. It should be coming out of champagne glasses. Could it should be effervescent, and this is certainly that. Yeah, it, it was a blast. I love speaking of what's good. Uncorking beer, beer yeah. is very good, yeah. and I really enjoyed it. Always reminds me of that scene in the in the Quick and the Dead. Mm. Yeah, where they go to slow motion, and the guy's popping the bottle of beer, yeah. and it's just spilling out, and it makes it like. It doesn't, I don't think, really, in, in reality, some sound technician made it up that it's a... a, a yeah, a Foley <laughs> artist. <laughs> but, uh, great film. That's what's good. The Quick and the Dead. The Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, what's good with me? I, I have a work trip coming up next week, and I'm going into the belly of the beast. Beautiful St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. Uh, uh, misery. Mm-hmm. The Show Me State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going there for a work conference, but we are going to be staying very, very close to the Arch Bush Stadium. Oh. And I believe the brewery is somewhere around there. I haven't bothered to check because I will not be visiting, but uh, Dude, I am. <laughs> you should have just take shitty face selfies. <laughs> like, just like, yeah. jerk off oh, motion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm like I'm thrilled to be going down there. It's supposed to be like 102 degrees or some absurd temperature, 100 yeah. percent humidity. Nice. Um, <laughs> so real misery. Just gross yeah. southern weather, um, and that's that's going to be amazing. I'm <laughs> super psyched about it. I've got a bunch of my work pals going with me. Mm-hmm. We're going to do some learning. I get to do a neighborhood tour of St. Louis, mm-hmm. which is 
a very crazy historical city. Uh, and I'm I'm very excited. I'm a history teacher, so I, I love you know it's a crazy stuff. beer city too, right? Outside of yes, Budweiser, yes, that I am also really excited about. Um, I gotta I have to do a little bit of exploring online, find out what I need to see, but I will try to hit at least one brewery while I'm down there. Side project, okay. Geez, what else? There's there's a bar. Can't remember it right off the top of my head, but it's like one of the best craft beer bars in the state of Missouri. Of Missouri. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> but, uh, give me that info because I'll definitely try and hit that up because yeah. I'm sure we'll have some nights where we're like, hey, let's go yeah. get fucked up. Yeah, I'll send that to Have you. to deal with the conference in the morning. And don't go to Schlafly, but look for their limited edition um, beers. Are they uh, Missouri? They're Missouri or ne- Missouri, near Missouri. And uh, so they're very similar. When I think shells, I think Schlafly quite I often. Do, I think I do too. Yeah, and it's probably just because of the SCH. Well, they're also very similar beer companies where they were sort of craft, yeah. And uh, they – we're going to open a new beer really quick. Has I am, to do I am extremely excited about this yeah. beer. I got this beer for Greg because I know Greg can talk about it a little bit as he pours. But yeah. Let, um, me, let me finish my point about Schlafly and, uh, and uh, Shells. They both were like the tent that shows up at like uh, an event – the, the craft beer tent and it's all shells or it's all schlafly and you're like damn it like that's not really you know, like it's about as craft as i don't know uh summit is a bad example but they're both bigger mm-hmm. they both got established well before um craft beer but now they're kind of moving towards a uh a craft end so they have these special editions and they still make they still have followings for their old beers but the the thing about it is is it th- those beers were never that great and uh, now they're doing these special editions, so like this Berliner Weiss and like Schlafly did a fantastic um, Russian Imperial Stout the last time I was in Missouri. You can't really find it around here, and it's it's uh, definitely worth buying. I don't know if I would visit that particular brewery, but uh, let's talk about what we just cracked. Yes. Okay, so here's why I'm excited. Uh, I am pretty, wow, pretty enamored by things uh, that are Asian and uh, cuisine and drink based. Yeah. Um, I love Korean food, for instance, mm-hmm. like I've been touring around cause I'm off during the summer. I've been touring around the city and trying to find the best, uh, bibimbap mm-hmm. in the city. So if you, if any listener out there has not been to a Korean joint and gotten the bibimbap in a stone bowl, you're fucking up your life. Gotta do it's it's stone bowl. It's so goddamn good. But anyway, and I have found there are actually like way more Korean places in Madison than I anticipated. There are at least four Korean restaurants in Madison. Uh, but when it comes to alcohol, I love Japanese and Korean alcohol. And this beer from Stillwater uh, is brewed with, and they do a nice job on the on the can here of labeling in big bold letters what's in here. So in this Stillwater Extra Dry mm-hmm. Saison Ale. There is water, malted barley, uh, obviously hops and yeast, but also sake rice. Yeah. Um, and I was on a real – I haven't drank that much sake recently, Mm-mm. but sake is fucking fascinating because yeah. they take rice and they make it taste like oh. 90 different things. Yeah. Plum, pineapple, you know, everything from from Jim uh, Socks to souffle you can get out of uh, rice wine. And to, to pair this in a Saison mm-hmm. is so weird, but it's so good. And it you is definitely rice. get the sake. You yeah. get the sake rice on this. Yeah. You definitely smell that a little, I don't know, would you 
pin that at down as like plum or stone fruit, lime. That could uh, maybe a little bit of lime zest. Yeah, mm-hmm. stone fruit. I think I do get too. And it dries out really beautifully. And the the name of the beer is is Stillwater Extra Dry, and it definitely deserves that moniker. It's really hard to find of recent, but uh, this seems like something you could do over and over again. Yes. Um, Hopefully they do it. <laughs> really tasty. Yeah. Really good. And really excellent bottle art. Really simplistic. Yeah, I love that. Again, I just, I love that shit. Um, I'm very excited. At some point, I'm going to uh, do, uh, I'm going to brew uh, makgeolli, which is the Korean rice mm-hmm. um, cider. Okay. Um, and I'll bring it in. Because nice. it's so easy to do. Sounds good. I mean, it takes a ton of time, but it's like you can just do it. Mm-hmm. Like you barely need anything. Yeah. And uh, it is the- one of my favorite beverages. And you cannot fucking buy it in Madison. You have mm-hmm. to go down to Chicago. If you find it in Madison, it's like $18 mm-hmm. for a uh, 20 ounce. Yeah. If you go to Chicago, it's $4. <laughs> so, but uh, Asian, Asian rice booze mm-hmm. is where it's at. Nice. Big, big fan of that. Yeah, Not sure. some other rice boozes, which I could get my hands on <laughs> pretty easily. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, still water extra dry. This is something that, like, would get you a lot of attention at a bottle trade, I think. Um, it's if you, can, if you find it and it's at regular retail, which I think is, like, 14-ish for a four-pack, and you never see it that way. This was in singles mm-hmm. at the cannery, and they wanted, I think they wanted, like, Seven or eight bucks or something like that. So, I think we're at a really important moment in craft brewing where there people are really starting now to expand and experiment mm-hmm. um, in ways that are. It's not. I mean, Mobcraft obviously, and there are other breweries that have. You know, that's their shtick, where they have special lines like the uh, August Shell, mm-hmm. Berliner Weiss. You know, but there we're starting to see breweries. A lot of different breweries experiment in fun and uh, delicious ways. Yeah. And I think it's so cool because the IPA boom, I think, gave them the the room to operate. Mm-hmm. I think so many people were like IPA nuts. I mean, I was as big. Oh, yeah, we were. Yeah, I think we all were for a time. Yeah. yeah but, now, so. but now they're so well established that they can really extend themselves and do cool, innovative stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm psyched about this. Yeah, I'm psyched about So we're, we're going to talk a little beer politic in the in the near future, but um, people are all wondering where it's going. And I kind of hope it goes to where, um, you know, like Britain was at before, you know, like the big um, beer companies started taking I over in the World 60s. War oh, no. <laughs> But well, before yeah, so before, before the Blitz, yeah, before the Blitz, <laughs> yeah, Britain before the Blitz, ah, uh, <laughs> but a pub on every corner, mm-hmm. and then larger breweries that did some distributing, yeah, that would be amazing in my eyes. So you have like a uh, Middleton has a brewery and they do uh, sake, rice, lagers, and then Madison has like four or five good sized breweries and lots of little ones too but you know like and this one just does you know like excellent sours and this one does that i think you which know, we do actually have we do have that yeah <laughs> so we, we talked about that on twitter briefly yeah. you know briefly um what was it funk funk the funk factory funk factory and on yeah. the last episode yeah yeah a lot um, of people are talking about it. i've had two people independently be like hey greg we should go there yeah um, cause they have a tap room now. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, I know. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's limited hours and I really do want to go there, but, uh, yeah, apparently excellent goose and, and, uh, they do it, you know, the old Lambic way. They have a, 
I don't know if they have a true cold ship, but they have some device mm-hmm. that they use to to get um, wild ferments going. And again, it's to the point now where beer is achieving the level of recognition mm-hmm. of its character that it's the character of beer has always been there. The interesting mm-hmm. uh, elements to like going from fucking uh, stout to a stout reporter all the way to, yeah, you know, what we're drinking right now. Extra and dry, then, yeah, you know, ale. And uh, and then the sours, and it's like the, the fascinating spectrum of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's getting to the point where it's as well appreciated as wine mm-hmm. or scotch or things like that, where I don't, I think, and I think it was classist. Yeah. I think poor people drank beer because it was easy to manufacture. Yeah. And it just kind of got into a swing where... Bigger and one thing or two things yeah. made it even cheaper, and that's and that's like historical, right? Like yeah. Yeah, we're talking like long, not our lifetimes, like longer term mm-hmm. historical timelines. But what I'm really learning is that, and I've I, as far as cooking goes, I'm big into like finding peasant mm-hmm. recipes and yeah. stuff like that. I, I got a whole uh, cookbook of peasant recipes that mm-hmm. I'm super psyched about. What poor people ate around the world yep. historically, granted, not during like famine or things like yeah. that, but like like potatoes and your brother. <laughs> but it's so good. And a lot of the time it's really good for you. And I'm I just am like I'm gushing a little bit right now. But mm-hmm. that's what I'm finding is like if you really want to find the best food, if you want to find the best drink, a lot of the time. You want to stay away yeah. from the snooty uh, guys with their thumbs up their asses because sure. because they they're not willing to change and embrace interesting things. Mm-hmm. I think one one thing to to kind of think and, and ruminate on is like you know, like every community and, and culture always had like two or three things that they did like really really well and we live in a time and age where you can just like look all that shit up and, be and, like, and access it. Yeah, you know, you like, can get it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm going to have a sweet egg sushi roll for breakfast, and then I'm going to have uh, beef bourguignon for lunch, and then I'm going to have... And the same thing with beverages. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to have, like, a really nice Californian or Spanish white wine for for uh, to start out, and then I can, I can move into uh, um, an American company that makes a really solid Berliner Weiss, yes. you know, like we're having now, and then you can end up with, like, a Russian Imperial Stout with, like... Roasted ancho chilies, you know, mm-hmm. in the background, and that's and I. There was a, a coworker that I have who had a bumper sticker on his computer that just said, "Make every sandwich great," mm. <laughs> and that's arguably the best bumper sticker I've ever seen. Mm. Other than another bumper sticker I saw that was usually parked the car that it was attached to was parked near my work that just said, "Kill your bumper sticker," yeah, which was my favorite. <laughs> that's but <laughs> um, but like stop settling for shit. Yeah. In any form, you, every single person has access to YouTube at this point. Mm -hmm. And if you can access YouTube and what we're saying right now, if that's true, like the cheaper stuff is actually the better stuff. Mm -hmm. Rice, beans, you know, uh, mirepoix. I put mirepoix in everything because it's so easy. And at Trader Joe's, you get a jug of it for fucking $4 or something, maybe three. And you can do all these things. Stop settling for KFC. Yeah, exactly. You can make something that is way better. Yeah. Yeah, I can't agree more. Speaking of the the sandwich comment you make, I knew that I was going to like my brother-in-law, Eric, 
when I can't, it wasn't me who asked him, but something we were going around like, "What's your favorite food?" And Eric goes, "Well, eh, sandwiches." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "That is perfect. That is always nothing the, better." The other day, so right now I'm I'm dealing with the uh, what a friend of mine calls the the tyranny of the unstructured schedule, mm-hmm. where I I don't have much work happening right now. I have a couple of meetings every every day, every other day, something like that. But largely, I'm just trying to fill the day. Once I drop my wife off at work, yeah. I have nine hours to do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm usually like, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I go to the gym or whatever. But like I said, I've been exploring the Korean places. Mm-hmm. The other day, I wanted a really good sandwich. I didn't know why I wanted a really good sandwich. I was hungry, but I wanted to find an amazing fucking sandwich. Yeah. And I went to Brasserie V, which is a place I usually don't go. Mm-hmm. Brasserie V on Monroe Street, which is a phenomenal restaurant. Mm-hmm. I'm just not big on Belgian beer. They, they've expanded a little bit. Um, you can get some great stuff. I got a, a, a $4, it wasn't a pint, a 10 ounce of uh, Pentagram mm-hmm. there the other month. And they have expanded their beer selection. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, juice packets from nice. uh, the Cedarburg. Uh, uh, Funkworks. Or no. <laughs> Funkworks. The, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Fermentorium. Shit. The Fermentorium, yeah. yeah. But they had uh, juice packets with apricot. Wow! So it was a it was like a, a special a special edition, edition yeah. which was amazing. But I got a fucking turkey sandwich. It was the simplest thing I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was a delicious sandwich, and it was so fulfilling. Like I felt good, like I felt full. But I also was like, I wanted a good sandwich, yeah. and I went out and I did that for me, <laughs> and I I achieved that great sandwich. Yeah. Oh, anyway, all right. Should all right. we go into our next segment? Yeah, let's. Uh, you finish your beer, and then we'll. The beer will bring us into the segment, which I'm really excited about. This particular beer, I was lucky enough to be at Octopi Brewing not two days ago, and they ran out of what was the most recent Untitled Art series that really was it Creamsicle. Creamsicle. They ran out of Creamsicle. They had two kegs of it. Yeah, Creamsicle IPA. Was it? Um, it, yes. Fantastic beer. They sold out two kegs in two days, if that tells you anything. Yeah. And they're in Wanakee, so it's not like people yeah. are pounding down the doors. It's just people are coming in and drinking three of them instead of one. So I do uh, trivia every week at Babes uh, on the west side of Madison, mm-hmm. and they have Creamsicle on tap. And... It is the cheapest <laughs> you will find it in America. Oh, yeah. It is so cheap there. Uh, it's $5 for a pint, and it's like it's, it's a, like $13 for a four-pack. And that's on like that. sale. Yeah. It is hazy, and I will be damned if it does not taste like a fucking creamsicle. <laughs> it is so fucking good. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Untitled Art is like a... It's an organization that puts a brewer so and an good. artist together with... Octopi, they let this brewer, so in this case, it's Forager Brewery um, out of Illinois. Um, they get together with Octopi guys, and they, you know, like, these are smaller brewers, so they um, ratchet up one of their um, recipes, or they make a recipe. And uh, the one that we're doing today is Florida Vice, which is another Berliner Vice. Um, yeah, so this is like our, our summer, our peak of summer episode, essentially, because we're drinking... So. I guess we could do uh, Gozes or something mm-hmm. as well, but... Um, I love a Berliner Weiss. And Berliner Weiss, you have an idea in your head of what it is, and luckily on this bottle, they put a heavily fruited Berliner Weiss, because mm. I think, Greg, you said... Uh, yeah, I poured it, and I was stunned. Yeah. Because it is... 
like a cosmopolitan. Yeah, it, it pours. Is it pours a heady cosmo. <laughs> the thing that surprises me is you know that they kettle soured this because you get a ring of um, a ring of white foam and it laces the glass. Um, this might this glass might be a little dirty because it's not sticking like it did in the picture I took. But uh, that's impressive for a Berliner. You know they did it pretty close to the right way. Um, kettle souring, people go back and forth on whether that's true to style, but I think it does the job, especially for a place like that that's very modern. It is tremendous. Yeah, this is a very interesting, lots of stuff going on, beer, but it's also balanced, and you could pound two of these, three of these, you know, in a sitting. Um, So Untitled Art comes out of an interesting situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Octopi, and it's it's sort of ironic because I'm drinking the Untitled Art uh, beer, the Florida Vice, out of a third sign glass. Glass, which is now a defunct brand. Which is too bad. Yeah. Um, there was some really good stuff they, happening with yeah. third sign. They did some cool stuff, and they never really got... They didn't hit the ground running, and they never really got to full speed, I don't think. Yeah, and they could have. I believe they could have. I, I think, think you do, too. I think they could have done um, better. Um, but they ran into some trouble with their distributor, and that's going to be kind of our between two lakes. Yeah, so uh, if you did want to get the, the real nuts and bolts on this story, uh, Chris Drosner, uh-huh. the beer baron, did write an article about it uh, in the either Cap Times? State Journal or Cap Times, I'm yeah. not sure. I think it was Cap Times, but I think they maybe reprinted or reposted on the State Journal. Yeah, so it came out, it actually came out about a month ago, a little bit more. Uh, but now, basically, you will not find Third Sign on the shelves. Nope. You have to go to Octopi's tap room yeah. to get any of the stuff that they make. Or my basement, where I still have like two of the bombers that you gave me at one point, yeah. which I'm, or my <laughs> I'm basement clutching where, close to my chest. Yeah, I, uh, Unfortunately, the mild won't last long, but I have mm, uh, upwards of four or five, six packs of Madagascar vanilla, because yeah. my mother adores that beer. Oh, really? Yeah. How, how well will the Hausgeist do? Good. Will it age out? Very well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you have any of that, um, the Rose, what was that one? That's, oh, uh, God, what was it? Sour Kirsch. That's some of that, and that's the thing, the bomber stuff that they, like the stuff it that they put neat. out in bombers, yeah. was, and the artwork was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And I, the guy, the owner uh, uh, there that we, we interviewed, yeah, yeah, Isaac. That was one of our, our second or third interview. Yeah, great guy. Um, he has an he has an eye for just gorgeous oh, yeah. artwork. Yeah, because Untitled Art is so simple but so elegant, mm-hmm. and the stuff that came out of Third Sign, especially the bombers, like Abandon All Hope, maybe. Oh yeah, was Abandon one. All Hope was a great bottle. The coconut and then, was that a coconut porter? Or something? That was, was um, coconut spice, and then fucking Beatrice was a good one too. Oh god, that was cherry. It, it makes me sad because it's like that. We're not going to taste that again. No, they're, and I don't think they're planning on doing full redos of their um, beers. But we'll get into that mm. and kind of the legal ramifications of what's going on. Yeah. So anyway, the beer baron wrote up the nuts and bolts uh, June thirteenth. Essentially, um, the uh, distributor that Third Sign was working with was bought out by a larger distributor. Yep. But the there is some gray area apparently legally about whether or not Third Sign had to 
then become part of the yeah. larger distributor's portfolio. Yeah. Third Sign uh, is saying, no, we didn't have to do that. The distributor is essentially saying, yes, we have rights to your stuff. It's in courts. Yeah. It's being argued about for many hundreds of dollars an hour, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, by Just our nation's finest, <laughs> a nightmare for any brewer, and I and I know that they're getting lots of support from other brewers of similar size and other, you know, potentially brewers that want to break out into the market in the same yes. way that they are or yeah. occupy is. The neat thing about this situation is that it's just third sign. And Octopi is more or less, they make most of their money on contracts. Right. So, And that was a fortunate thing. I remember being kind of confused about it when yeah. we interviewed Isaac. Yeah. And he was saying, like, no, we're, we're contracting first and third sign is something that we're working on. Like a fun thing we do. Yeah. And I thought at the time, I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of weird because this beer is good. Yeah. And if you went whole hog on it, you could probably, you know, really make some moves. Turns out... It was apparently a great idea yeah. <laughs> that Isaac had. Yeah, and I mean, like, they're they're making a lot of money. Um, they have lots of contracts that they talk about, like Door County Brewing Company is distrib- or is is brewing through them. The guy who does a Hop House. Yes. There is brewing Hop House through them. blowing the fuck up. Yeah, uh, Magic Dragon selling, like, Gangbusters. Um, what's the other one? L. Andy is doing well. It's a good beer. It's fine. Hop uh, House, by the way, is a fun... The Plaid Panther, I still swear by. Oh, it's so, um, so awesome. But get to Hop House if yeah. you are ever in Verona because it's it phenomenal. It's, it's one of the – I think it's the best place in yeah, Verona probably. to grab a, grab a brew. Oh, for sure. 18 uh, pale ales and then one great Scottish yeah. <laughs> wee heavy – or uh, not wee heavy, uh, 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 Scotch ale. Um, really fantastic. I would definitely try yeah. that. That's a, that's a got to try if you're in Verona. you got to try Plaid Panther. Mm-hmm. It's really good. So the distributors <laughs> occupy this funny uh, area. I think it varies state to state. It does, yeah. Um, whether they're... So in Wisconsin, it used to be illegal for a brewery to... to self-distribute. S- yes. Um, and you were a brewery. So you were either a production facility where you made beer. Yeah. You sold it to a middleman. Right. Uh, a wholesaler, whatever you want to call it, or a distributor, yeah. and they sold it to other people, bars, right. and so it was. And I and I don't understand it that well, and I don't want to get into the little understanding that I do have. But essentially, that system is designed to benefit the large breweries. Yes. So the the Millers yeah. uh, in Wisconsin's the case, AB InBev, Molsons of the world, right? And that's you know like that's how it was, and that's I mean it was uh, I mean the the craft brewing industry came out of this fantastic confluence of things, mm-hmm. um, the internet for yep. one. People were able to get access to information about what's the best mm-hmm. you can. And then there was also uh, the ability to buy stuff more easily. Mm-hmm. So breweries were able to set up and buy that stuff. But also the laws specifically in Wisconsin changed yep. where they allowed breweries to have things yep. like tap rooms. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to um, breweries like the Dane. Uh, the Great Dane Brewing Company in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and uh, which we will always owe a debt to the Dane on yeah. that one. We'll, we'll never speak poorly of the Dane, even though some of their general managers are total assholes. <laughs> um, they fought. I don't. I don't know if it's called the Dane Law, like it's called the Surly Law mm. in Minnesota, but they fought for the right to produce a certain amount of beer, and I think they made a limit. So either you're a brew pub or you're a production brewery, and then eventually production breweries fought to have tap rooms. 
at their production facility, mm-hmm. like uh, Lakefront. And then uh, before that, you couldn't uh, sell beer. You yeah. to, what the, the workaround was uh, you'd invite people on tours, right. and you'd charge them $10 for a tour, and then you'd give them four or five yeah. beers. Yeah. The So with distributors in this situation, I think it's – they tend to come out looking like the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that that's always true. No. Uh, but for instance, the thing in Nevada right now where they've legalized uh, marijuana sales, mm-hmm. recreational marijuana, but written into the law was that alcohol distributors oh, are going to be the are the ones that get to do the distribution, but they only get it for eighteen months. And what they have done is they have essentially just refused to distribute. <sighs> so there's like a critical shortage of marijuana. Like in, criti- I don't know what critical means, but <laughs> yeah. well, the, the, million, the millionaires that wanted to cut the ribbon at the casino where they were going to start it. They were like, they ran out in like a minute and they're yeah. like, Oh no. And that's, but that's the distributors in this circumstance are coming off a little bit. Like they're not willing to evolve. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is a, a similar circumstance where the distributors are maybe not on the side of how the world is changing with the craft, the craft brewing industry. And in fact, the, the state budget is maybe has some elements included in it, which could be troubling. Although I don't know what the state of the budget is right now. Um, cause we, there's no we're, state we're months, budget. we're months late on the budget. Although yeah. I guess today they said they maybe figured out something about the transportation, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You stopped listening. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, there is, there is something to say about distributors, they do a good service. I feel like the law is part of the reason why they make as much money as they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to have people delivering beers to liquor stores. And there is a good window for the state to make money. Mm-hmm. Basically, the re- the big reason why the three-tier, three-tier system came about is politicians looked at the way that brewer, or, uh, beer was, was um, sold – um, before prohibition, and they said we can make money if we split it up into three different things and tax it each time it changes hands. Mm. That's basically why it's there. So, um, no beef to distributors, um, but uh, I think a, a, a big reason why they're as big as they are is is just governmental regulation. Some of which needs to stick around, mm-hmm. just just for. Preventing monopolies. Mm-hmm. Um, really, what they should be doing is preventing things that happen with, you know, like like what's what, what's happened with Molson Coors and, oh, and yeah. AB InBev. But the long and short of it with Third Sign is that you can't get Third Sign anywhere but Octopi Brewing Company in the tap room. Yep. But that's not going to stop um, Octopi from creating another house brand. Yes. So rumor has it in the near-ish future, they're just going to start distributing either Octopi brand beer or they'll create a new brand and they can go with a different distributor. Yeah. And that's, and that's where, I mean, and then the distributor says, no, you can't do that. No, 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 no. That's perfectly legal. You're probably not going to get it through, was it River City? Who, who, who's the one acquired another. The, the big one, the big one probably isn't going to play ball, but there's other distributors that want to make money. So right. you might have those folks coming and picking yeah. up Octopi or whatever it's going to be. All so. I know is Untitled Art is hella good beer. Oh, yeah. And that's a and, – and I mean this is simplistic and I think that this sounds a little bit – I don't want to say conservative of me. But <laughs> I don't like the idea of this beautiful creature being strangled out mm-hmm. by 
by lawsuits and regulations yeah. and uh government oversight and yeah. meddling and whatnot. Yeah. And let's let's talk briefly about that. Um, what's going to happen is it's going to go to court. It's the distributor saying that uh, essentially if you sign a contract with the distributor, even if the distributor gets bought out, mm-hmm. changes ownership or changes business practices, the brewery is beholden to that distributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, more or less, they can get away with a lot. They can mm-hmm. just... They could, um, you know, put it in the back of every liquor store, you know, put it behind AB products. They can mm-hmm. do a whole lot of crazy stuff. And the brewery wouldn't have no recourse. Right. If a judge rules in the favor of the distributor in this right. case. And I don't think there's a lot of judges out there that want to set a precedent like that. Right. So I'm fairly confident that it'll it either... Is, it is interesting how much power a distributor has in mm-hmm. How well a beer moves. You can have oh, an amazing yeah. product, yeah. but they can they can take it out of the line of sight of the buyer, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And then and speaking of that, uh, Good Beer Hunting blog did a short article that Chris Drosner also posted. In fairness, um, which was a little bit more negative. My problem with that article, you can go, you can look it up, um, Good Beer Hunting, and then search Third Sign on Google, and you'll find it. Um, where he spent the first paragraph kind of detailing the problem and then like the bulk of the article complaining about how third sign never landed mm. an interview with a brewer that got fired complaining about how the beer that they made was mediocre at best which has nothing to do with the lawsuit right at all and also i've had Yes, many third sign brews. <laughs> brews. I, I would say that some of them. I mean, like Caster wasn't for everybody. Yeah, Caster was um, interesting. I would yeah. say, but it didn't. You know, if that didn't sell, fine. At least they tried something different and new. And then you know, if it fails, they'd stop making it. Right. But in this case, it was just kind of everything dried up, and they yeah. got you know, there's we're not going to make anything anymore. Um, but I would say that um, Osiris, the second one, mm-hmm. was a fantastic beer. I really liked Beatrice. Uh, I really liked um, Forest. Forest. Um, the later editions of Forest were fantastic. Mm. And uh, gosh, I'm, I'm missing one. Um, but yeah, they made good beers. They made bad beers. Every, every brewery does that. I don't know. Yeah. And then, and, and but, but in the in the end, it doesn't matter. They could have made the shittiest beer in the world, but if you have a contract with a, a distributor, and all of a sudden they're saying, "Hey, we're being sold out uh, to another company," and you say, "I want out of the contract," yeah, you should be able to. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. It, it's like uh, you know, it's 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 not it's, not a perfect. Business is uh, sort of a shitty, god awful, uh, soulless place, mm-hmm. but it's where. Most people are able to afford bread, yeah, <laughs> and stuff. So, all right, all right. So that wraps up our our little ditty um, between two lakes. Yeah, our uh, news portion. So we're gonna move on into the beer review with a musical break. Here you Who show up on the news to tell one tale after another Till they've got us all confused Then you really want to know why people do the things they do There's a simple way for 
politics seem funny Or the logic is unsound There's just one thing to figure out That's whose pockets get in line Follow the money You'll be amazed at what you'll find Yeah, today we are uh, bringing to you a review of an Illinois brewery. Like fun, it's pronounced Illinois. And uh, where is it? Uh, it's Solemn Oath Brewery, S O B. Yep. And uh, I have no idea, to be honest. I've never been there. I only know them on the interwebs. Naperville. Naperville. That's uh, good luck. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's and it's a uh, I. Of all the beers, who's the gal that we lived in the dorms with? Who was from Naperville? Uh, you remember? Think, G- no, no, no. She no. was uh, Christina. You remember her? Yeah, she was short and cheerleader. Yeah, and everybody, everybody wanted to jump her bones. Exactly. Um, speaking of jumping her bones, this beer is called Snaggletooth Bandana. <laughs> Kudos on the can art, especially when it's just the um, Romanesque or calligraphy facing towards you with a red tooth. Yeah, um, because I overlooked a ton of Wisconsin beers. We we could have done Red Arrow, which we were talking about doing. We could have done a plethora of other beers, and this weird calligraphy and red tooth stood out to me, and I was like, "Let's do this." Well, and I showed up with the same thing. Yeah, we great. both bought we the both same beer because we didn't connect on what we wanted to review. No, and no, we both walked in with the same thing, and what caught my eye 
was the punks. The punk rock stuff going on in the back with <laughs> the, the punks. anarchy. What happens pin? if the punks don't show? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they'll be here. <laughs> the, uh, anyway, it's uh, that's what really caught my eye. I thought it looked – I knew it would either be amazing or terrible. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I think it airs on the amazing side. So, But uh-huh. you can yeah. go on. No, it's, it's – uh, I don't know about that. So my beef – I'll get it right off the back with the spears. I don't know if it's um, so. It's it's I don't know. So it's it's uh, high ABV or highish. It's six point five, um, but it's really dry. It's quite drinkable, and just of recent, I've been craving like a um, big malt backbone, but also bitter and strong IPA. And that's just me. I'm gonna grade this as though I were a uh, BJCP judge. Um, but what I was thinking when I saw the can and I was like, this is going to be like an arrogant bastard or, you know, something like that. And it's not that it's very drinkable. Um, it pours an orangish, um, bright yellow. Um, Greg's glass looks better than mine. So I'll comment on the, um, thin lacing of Whitehead when it was first out, it looked a little bit more impressive. You could even have called it fluffy. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Um, so kudos to to them on protein content. Is this just a piece of shredded cheese? Probably, or an in, old noodle in your bedroom. Well, it was just a on, lone piece of shredded cheese. In my defense, <laughs> the shredded cheese was on the case for the mixer. <laughs> okay, and it ended up here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tear through this review so we can get to the questions. <laughs> Sorry, tropical and light pine notes in the nose. It's it's very nice. Um, I would say medium bodied. I read some other people's reviews at a time, so I had not had this yet. Um, I wouldn't go so far to call it. They were saying, you know, it's, it's on the heavier side for body, but I don't, I think it's uh pretty medium to medium light. Yeah. Um, right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, it finishes very nice and dry. There's a little bit of, um, sucking fruit aftertaste, but not. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like after you bite into um, a mango or a papaya, that makes mm. you um, suck on your tongue after yep. taste tropical. Um, that's probably coming from the hops. Um, the smell is very delightful. To be honest, I'm going to give it a 42. Um, if we were going to judge it on what I was looking for, it's like a 38. But standing on its own two feet, it's a it's it's a better than 40 beer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I what I'm what I'm stunned by about this beer is how it doesn't. Uh, so we live in the era of IPAs where they have to specialize mm-hmm. essentially, and I don't know that this IPA or it's I, to be fair, it's an American IPA. An American IPA. I'm which, glad they make the distinction, which is fascinating. So is that an APA? AIPA? IPA? 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 But but no. So the I think they did that just so they they couldn't be nailed down on either front because it doesn't. But we do like I was saying. There's you have to do something extraordinary with your APA, your IPAs at this point. It's got to be, you know, you got to be super juicy or so bitter or, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, I, I, you got to do a thing. You got to have a shtick. Yeah. And this beer doesn't have a shtick. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's well-rounded. Um, but that's a tough uh, place to live uh, yeah. if you're not just an APA. Yeah. I think APAs can live in that where it's yeah. just like, yeah, it's a drinking. It's a drinkable beer. beer. Drink it. Drinking on a boat, drinking in your car, not right. while you're driving. <laughs> but that's to to call out AIPA yeah. is confusing. 
I think my my thing with it was I saw the can and I was like, this is gonna pour like a deep gold or a red. Yeah, and it's gonna be like a burn the enamel off your teeth. Right. Uh, punch, punch, punch in, in the mouth. IPA, and it is not. It's uh, even the na- Snaggletooth. Yeah, Snaggletooth bandana. Come on. And it's like and you got punk it's, rockers on there. Yeah, it's. I I think that I disagree with the branding. Yeah. I think that they should have should gone be, with something more. Should have been like a pale blue can. Right. Because like it's too drinkable yeah. for the – it's conflicting. The, my mm-hmm. eye is conflicting with my palate. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, kudos to them because we both picked it randomly mm-hmm. without talking to each other very or true. anything. And it's a good beer. It's a good beer. I'm being very nitpicky. And it, it fits in the style. Yeah. Um, technically. It's just not. It's just not what I expected right. or wanted. So, Greg, yeah, if this beer were a retraction that the Isthmus would write, <laughs> how would it go? Uh, <laughs> we, I mean, like honestly, it would be like we were sorry to report that the punks would show because <laughs> they didn't show because <laughs> this is, this is not a punk rock beer. No, it's not. It's a, it's a pretty balanced. Uh, it's pretty light, you know, I yeah. yellow, yellow was a good description. Uh, the red highlight was just for the benefit of a brewery that I like. They make a lot of good beers. Yeah. I mean, um, they're, they're, they're a smart brewery. Yeah. Um, so Kudos on the advertising, but you're not going to get retention yeah. if your label doesn't match the theme. Right. And, and I mean, I can't. My dad's not going to buy this. No. You know? <laughs> he, might like, he might like it. And he, might, oh. he might love this beer. That's the thing. It's a funny, it's a, a weird thing. Yeah. All right. So Comic-Con is on. Yeah. As we're recording. Yeah. By the time this comes out, it'll have almost done. Yeah. yeah. Um, so are you a DC man or a Marvel man? Uh, I am... I think... Or other. So, I think I'm Marvel by default Mm -hmm. because they've just been so much better than DC. Not from a a storytelling perspective necessarily, like in the actual comics, but like the the movie universes. DC has just fucked the puppy. Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. Their movies are so terrible. Although I did see Wonder Woman and it was very... Yeah. Yeah, but... It was amazing when compared to uh, Superman uh, one through four yeah. plus Return and yeah. was there another one that oh, I didn't God. see? I don't know. Uh, or, or just does uh, Batman v Batman v Superman? Oh yeah, yeah, was an abomination. Wonder Woman was great comparatively. Phen- I mean, it was a phenomenal film comparatively. Mm-hmm. Although I was talking to uh, one of my wife's uh, one of my wife's friends last night who. Uh, is is you know a, a strong feminist mm-hmm. uh, self identifies as a as a feminist, and she was saying, "Why did they have to make her so fucking stupid?" <laughs> like, and I was kind of like, "Oh, I guess I hadn't thought of that." Yeah. <laughs> she was she was like, "I don't understand fashion. <laughs> Why can't I carry my sword around?" <laughs> so that, that that was kind of a funny part of the movie that I hadn't considered. Yeah. So, uh, Marvel. I'm a Marvel so guy. You're a Marvel man. <laughs> so, if this beer were a Marvel character, a uh, character, yeah, which character would he or she be? This would be. Oh God! I. So it's like a character that people like, but at the same time, it's sort of a begrudging like, mm-hmm. um, because 
it it's not coming off the like like what they claim. Yeah. Um. So that's tough. Yeah. Uh, I recently saw the new Spider Man. It was fantastic. Um. I'm gonna go with I guess Loki. Because he's the Lord of Lies, <laughs> and this beer feels like a lie it feels to me. A bit like a lie, and they get away with it because again, it's a good beer, but it's a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for people who are up on the latest, I, I would almost you could maybe call it a Captain America because in the last session that I read about, I, I don't co- actively collect, but I keep up. Uh, where Captain America, he was actually a sleeper agent. He's a sleeper shit. agent for yeah, for the for the for, bad guys for Hydra. Yeah, for Hydra. Is that it? Yeah. yeah, I don't. So Chris Evans is like my main man. <laughs> I would if I was like dying of cancer and I got to participate in Make a Wish, even though I'm over thirty, which I'm sure they don't allow. <laughs> yeah, they do They're like, no, it's it's fine. You've, yeah. you've had you've had fun. Yeah. Um, I would, but if I got to make a wish, I'd be like, I would like to hang out with Chris Evans, like maybe go to the gym with him and then like go to a nice restaurant for a fancy dinner. Yeah. Just, just me, and, me, and, me and Chris. Me and Chris. <laughs> There's a, a story that uh, a friend of the show, uh, uh, our, our college friend Derek told was he was at a club in LA uh, at one point and Paris Hilton rolled in. And she was acting like a drunk maniac. This was in the party days, the the Halcyon days. Yeah, of Paris I still Hilton. get contract money for yeah, things. Yeah, days. <laughs> and she was acting like a maniac up on a table. Uh, she might dancing. Well, she might as well have been screaming. I can afford to do this. <laughs> yeah. And so she she uh, apparently she shows up and Chris Evans shows up shortly thereafter and she goes up to Chris Evans and you know like does what like hugs him or whatever because yeah. they she wants to at least pretend like she knows him. Yeah. And then she gets up on the table and starts dancing and Derek says, I will, I will, I will never forget. And I will never stop loving Chris Evans because what he does is he looks at her dancing on top of the table and then he turns around and walks away. (laughs) So Chris Evans is the guy. All right. I'm going to bring back a segment and and twist a little bit. Mm. The slow lightning round. So these are are, uh, this or that questions, and you can take as much time as you want, but quickness is is favored. (laughs) So is this beer a landline or a cell phone? This is a car phone, one of those old ones (laughs) where you had to, like, rip it out of the carriage. It was like... And then you'd like talk to an operator because your company wasn't like a, right yeah. exactly hundred percent. It was never like in the movies in the eighties because I'm sure it was always just like hello, yeah, this doesn't have a thing. <laughs> um, it's a one nine to dial out <laughs> five three four. Uh huh. Yeah, it's Ohio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had, my dad had one of them, <laughs> really? and it was just it was the most useless piece of shit. Yeah. It was never, it was, at best, you got, like, some understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, hey, we're heading here. And the other person would be like, okay. And they would cut out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is this beer a circus or a carnival? Uh, this is a carnival, because I would actually drink this again. <laughs> okay. I, I like the carnival. Great answer. <laughs> is this beer alien or aliens? Ooh, aliens. Taglines. Tagline. Plural. Um, uh, this beer is, oh shit, that's a really good question. I'm going to say this beer is, fuck, I could really get down a rabbit hole on this. I'm going to go with Alien. 
Alien. Because I get in my head frequently, I think about the Alien franchise, and Aliens is superior to Alien in okay. pretty much every way. You might get some reverb from that no. particular quote. Incorrect. <laughs> uh, get away from her, you bitch. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's just a better – it's like a better film. film it's like a more complete, yeah. total film. I feel like Alien was revolutionary, but yes, Aliens was a fantastic yeah. film. But like Alien, people frequently confuse for the exciting rock'em sock'em nature of Aliens. Mm, yeah. And again, so this beer is – Alien, great film. Great film. Phenomenal yeah. film. But I think it gets to live underneath the – superior umbrella of aliens. Yep. And I think that that describes this beer. That's, that's, that's really good. I have a text. Uh, <laughs> all right. I got, I got, is it Ridley Scott? Like, yeah. Fuck that yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Or he'd be saying like, you cannot talk about alien or aliens on your podcast. <laughs> Ridley Scott's a lawyer. All right. I got one more. The cease and desist came out that fast. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Nope, Ridley Scott. <laughs> All right, this this is a throwaway, but I like it. If this beer were a really a Willie Street customer, how long is his or her mustache? <laughs> uh so it's it's one of those double lookers mm-hmm. on a on a, a a a person of the female persuasion. I mean, gender's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And I'm not going to yes. pin people down. No. But uh, somebody who uh, you think identifies, I wouldn't talk to this person, but you think they identify as a woman. <laughs> uh, but they have like an extensive mustache. All right. And it's just confusing. And that's kind of what it is. Like you're like, this is, you know, you're, you're here, you're shopping here. It's cool. You care about your body. Are razors bad for you? <laughs> like are razors unnatural? <laughs> yeah. That sounds, have, that sounds terrible now you, that I've said do it. You have, do you have psoriasis just on your upper lip? <laughs> People are allowed to make whatever decision they want. Uh, and I support them. Yeah. And But also, I, I would be confused. Yeah. Last summer, I grew a mustache out. That was a bad choice. I don't <laughs> think I would do that again. I thought, I thought it was great. It was hilarious, I'm sure. <laughs> but, oh, it's the worst. Don't do it. Anybody, anybody out there, it's, oh, it's high maintenance because it's not like normal hair. Yeah. It's just like I, every hair is like in a battle of epic proportions with the hair next to it. Yeah. So when you wake up, you just look like a cartoon that just smoked one of those cigars <laughs> with a firecracker in it. I, and I am a guy with a perpetually shitty uh, facial hair situation. <laughs> And that's just a fact. And I do it. And I do it because I think my face looks weird. Without it? No. It's it's like it just distracts. Yeah. It's like people are – maybe people just can't see how weird it is if there's a little bit of hair. Or in passing, if someone says like, oh, you remember Greg? And then like the guy with the chin strap. And they're like, yeah. Instead of like, oh, you remember Greg? Like the guy with the fucking weird face. Yeah, the guy with the the chin that was also a neck. (laughs) No, I don't think that's bad. <laughs> anyway, but that's uh yeah, no, mustache mus- mustache care is a fascinating thing. And I have a I've actually have a clipper to just like shave it down mm-hmm. but not take it all the way down. 
And uh, my clipper is so dull at this point that it just, like, gives me all split ends on the end and pulls as it cuts. Oh. But then, like, I'll be I'll be just, like, picking at my mustache, which I do a lot. I, like, touch my facial yeah, hair a lot. Too. And it just pulls out because the hair is so mangled. <laughs> it just yanks it just out of my face. Up. It's a, And that's more information than anyone needed. Yeah. But All right. So, snaggletooth bandana. It's not... As it seems, if you like, uh, you know, dragon flute, AHA, that kind of stuff, it's Perfectly kind of in that place. A little bit more alcohol than those beers, but similar yeah. tasting profile, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's worth going out and get getting. It's a cross the state border import, so it's going to be like 8 to $10 a six pack. Keep mm-hmm. that in mind. We're getting to the end. Um, we got to talk about the Whiskey Farm. Go to their website, buy their album. It's out. Uh, Songs of the Resistance, it's good. I think I'm going to throw one of those in the break, so you already heard it. Um, that's an example of what they put out. Cork and Bottle String Band and Horseshoes and Hand Grenades also support the show. Or, I don't know if they support us, but they let us play their music. And we they, are very They take grateful. pity on us. Yeah. Um, so go after that. We're very grateful to have artists involved. It's, it's good. Go yeah. buy their shit. Yeah, we're pro art. Don't just go on YouTube and like wipe it onto your hard drive or whatever people do now. But yeah, that, that's uh, it for sponsors this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, tweet at us at likefuncast.com or email us at greg at likefuncast.com or, or I'm sorry, yeah, greg at likefuncast.com or josh at likefuncast.com. Or I've never received a single email. <laughs> so. Q&A <laughs> at likefuncast.com. You, you don't, I think it's a it's a, a congealed, it's all in one Gmail account. So you okay. Might, unless you check it, you don't see I don't. It. Okay, good. <laughs> Please email. <laughs> I won't see it. Yeah. Uh, I forward them to you occasionally. <laughs> you know what? You know what checking email is not like? <laughs> It's not like fun, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. That's right. Okay. Have a good night, kids. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it up with this song about living in the country, which we know nothing about, but it makes for a good song anyway.